Happy Monday, happy Wednesday, and welcome to Detroit Today on WDET 101.9 FM. You can catch us on your internet browser at WDET.org slash listen live. I'm Sandra Swoboda, joining you today with a jam-packed show. I think there's something in here for everyone, whether you're a sports fan, whether you're an advocate for Detroit, or whether you are wondering what the latest is going on in Flint and who will be held responsible for the water crisis there. Up later in the hour, we have the Harris family joining us. They are advocates for their Detroit neighborhood and making a difference in their community, like so many people are across the city. In a little bit, we'll be joined by Bora Galari. He is the only Olympian to live in Detroit, and he just wrapped up his Olympic experience sailing. The medal race was yesterday. So we'll talk to Bora about what it was like in Brazil to sail, represent the United States, what he learned from the experience. But first, joining me now is attorney Todd Flood. He is leading the attorney general's uh, investigation, the task force, into what happened in Flint and who is responsible. The people there have been waiting for years for their water to be safe. Todd Flood is working on who is responsible for what happened there. Todd, welcome to WDET in Detroit today. Hey, good morning. Thank you very much, Sandy. So how... Has this investigation progressed? I mean, this has gone from what into a giant project with millions of documents. I don't know a simpler way to say that. How are you organizing and handling all that needs to be done and looked into? Well, uh, it's like conducting a symphony at times. There's so many moving pieces and parts to the uh, to the case. Um, you're right. The the reams of material that we have to go through uh, has kept a lot of people up at night um, and organizing and putting it into a uh, discovery program for us to easily look into um, has taken quite a bit of time. But candidly, uh, this being one of the biggest cases, I think, in our state um, history, uh, we've moved pretty quickly um, and have held already um, nine people responsible and have charged to uh, two major corporations. The uh, headlines broke this week about how much this investigation is costing, um, ballooning from maybe a million and a half to almost $5 million with uh, $2 million billed so far. What, what is that paying for and why is it so expensive? Really, um, it is uh, a lot of money, but it's, it's not um, in comparison to other major investigations. Um, I've been uh, involved in investigations at universities and private corporations and the like. Uh, this is the government and it's multiple agencies. Um, and it's also private companies. So if you think about how much did it cost GM to investigate the, uh, the, the switch with regards to their ignition or any other catastrophe that took place on some sort of level, uh, that was a man-made catastrophe. Here, this is a man-made catastrophe. And when you think about it in comparison, um, you know, people are severely ill or have passed um, or have changed their lives uh, dramatically forever because of this. And when you measure the amount of money compared to the damages here, um, it's not, uh, uh, in perspective, it's not a, a costly investigation. Um, you got it. I don't know, we have close to 31 people at one particular time grinding it out on a daily basis. We have, uh, at one time, up to 12, 13 investigators going at it. We've had uh, lawyers from all different grades of lawyers, you know, lawyers that are seasoned 
20 plus year lawyers that started off with us to help us move the ball down the field. Um, so these, uh, these efforts cost money and these talents cost money. Um, it's, it's not something uh, that if you put it, uh, uh, in a private company or in the, uh, the, the impact it's having on the world. I think that the cost is um, small in comparison. You're listening to Detroit Today on WDET. I'm Sandra Sabota speaking with Todd Flood. He's the attorney leading the task force from the attorney Gen- state attorney general's office looking into what happened in Flint. Um, Todd, you talked a lot you know, about attorneys work there and investigators work. And I know, you know, I can imagine millions of documents and piles of case files all over all over an office. What about sure. the human side of the investigation? How are you involving the victims and survivors in this? Uh, that's a that's a great question. Um, in every day, um, we uh, are in Flint and we uh, are seeing the impact on children. Um, I've met a young child, thirteen, who was a four point oh student, um, who now can't get a C in a remedial class. Um, she was a star soccer player. Um, no longer can she be on the soccer team uh, because the lead had gotten to her central nervous system. Uh, we've had children that um, you know, only grew an inch at the age of five to age five and between five and six over one year. Um, we have so many victims in this case um, that it you know, will raise the hair on the, everyone's neck when you see and hear about the catastrophes that are taking place. And, and when, uh, will, when just, will we hear those uh, regarding to your team's work? Well, they're all part of our case. As a matter of fact, when and if we go to trial, if the, everything goes to trial, you'll hear about the victims in our trial. You'll hear about the experts who uh, conducted medical exams on these victims. Um, you'll see uh, some mothers and fathers testify. You'll see uh, children that have been impacted on this uh, for this case. So. That'll, that'll come out throughout the investigation, and um, we have, uh, every day, we are compiling uh, numbers to show how many people have been affected. And, uh, I think uh, Dr. Mona has said it best, you have to presume that everyone, every kid was affected or drank uh, the water and was potentially affected by the lead. We have a question coming in from Tim in Farmington Hills, um, and I'll paraphrase it for him. Sorry, Tim, I host prerogative here. But Tim is Tim is wondering, uh, as you're putting your case together and reconstructing what happened, is, isn't it just a simple matter of the governor and the emergency manager law that caused this to happen? The switch was made under emergency management in Flint. What, why is it so complicated? Uh, that's a great question, uh, question Tim. So uh, if it were only that simple... So um, it's not really, you know, you can see the start of it, and Tim's right. You can see that there was a switch made, and that switch, uh, once the switch was made to the Flint River, that wasn't originally contemplated, by the way. It was only contemplated in the the thought process that the pipe for KWA was going to be built, and they were going to transport the water from Lake Huron over to uh, Genesee County. In June of 2013, uh, uh, there was the actual, you know, switch that took place. But here's the thing. Once the switch took place, then bad stuff started to happen. You have to investigate why is it that it 
wasn't stopped right away? Why were heads being turned? Were blind eyes being turned towards what was going on? And was there decisions being made to cover things up? With decisions, and as we charged with regards to DHHS, they buried reports on children being poisoned with lead. Were the lead monitoring reports by the DEQ properly being funneled to the public so that the public would be put on notice, hey, listen, don't drink the water. So those things, the, the, it's, it's always the cover-up. It's never the initial switch that made that, you know, here's the, all of a sudden, aha, uh-huh, that's the criminal act. And I'm not going to prosecute anybody that made a mistake. I will prosecute someone that made a decision, a culpable decision, to commit a crime. And that's where this investigation gets very complicated. So what and when. So in the minute or so we have left with you today, Todd, um, can you talk a little bit about what we should be looking for as your investigation continues? How serious could these charges get? Well, um, you you touch upon a very sensitive topic. Um, We are... Uh, very much looking into the Legionnaires' disease and the Legionella bacteria and what uh, the effects are and uh, who passed, uh, who died because of that. And obviously, uh, that's something that the Attorney General is taking very seriously, along with Mr. Layton, David Layton, from the Genesee County Prosecutor's Office, when we work together um, on that particular topic. And uh, if we can show, you know, where that may lead, uh, that could be a very serious charge. And I'll let that unfold as we, um, we investigate that. That requires a lot of experts, a lot of doctors um, to pin together, you know, the Legionella from the Flint service lines to the people that drank it. And uh, it ultimately may have passed because of it. We had looking into that, and it's taken a lot of time and it's taken a lot of expertise to do so. And finally, that's a direction and sort of subject matter this investigation could go for. Todd Flood, are we going to see your investigation going to the governor's mansion? Is the governor uh, possibly a target of this? Well, um, I only am going from this basic principle and rule that I was taught, and that is you follow the evidence to a conclusion. You don't take a conclusion and try to fit evidence into it. You always get burned. So... Uh, wherever the evidence leads me is where I'm going to go. And um, from there, that's all I can say. All right. Thank you so much for joining us, Todd Flood, leading the investigation from the Attorney General's office into the Flint water crisis. Todd, we'll have you back for some updates as you progress with the case. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Sure. You're listening to Detroit Today on WDET. I'm Sandra Soboda. In just a moment, we will talk with the Olympic sailor representing Team USA in Rio this week, who's from Detroit. Hold for Borgalari.